Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another edition of Beer and Ball. I'm Aaron Nagler, joined by Bill Schmidt, 97.3 The Game and Cheesehead TV in the house, ready to break it down. Bill, mm. how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. After a win like that, how can you not be smiling on a Let's fun, go. fast Let's go. Wednesday? As we flip the page, right? Now we flip this the script. The this is rip this it on off day. and let's go. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you bast in the glow, and now you got to get ready for mm-hmm. the breakdown, the, the arrival of one Bill Belichick to these shores. I mean, you, you, you never, it's never easy. It's never easy. Um, I know I heard Aaron Rodgers singing Belichick's praises on McAfee yesterday, and for good reason, no question about it. Let's, let's take a quick look, though, back at the Buccaneers game, because uh, obviously I love to talk ball with you, and you look at the performance of the offense early in that game, the first three drives, moving the ball, I'm not going to say with ease, but, you know, absolutely moving mm-hmm. the football and being efficient. And then everything turns on that Aaron Jones fumble. I wanted to get your perspective on this because it is fascinating to watch this team seemingly have the same problem that it had in the playoff game after that big dog fumble mm-hmm. offense yep. just kind of, I'm not going to say shut down, but was not the same. And we saw almost a repeat of that performance after the Aaron Jones fumble. And I just, what do you think that is? I know the defense is making adjustments, but it's not like, oh, we had a hard hit. We laid out the running back. He fumbled the ball. Now we're going to adjust. Like, that's not how that works. So, no. What do you what do you think caused the uh, disappearance of the offense there? That's a good question, man. I've been trying to figure it out for the last couple of days. And <laughs> we we jokingly, it was, well, not jokingly, we, we took some fun, fun-filled shots at Colin Cowherd's take uh, as to why it happened, which was, Aaron pouting, Aaron gets mad, teammate let me down, now it's on over, right? And and I'm working on the Colin impression, so hopefully it gets better. Pretty good. But when when Vita Vea smacks Aaron Jones in the back, not even in the mouth, I mean straight in the back, and crunches him down, (laughs) it wasn't – I don't know that that was the reason why Josh Myers wasn't able to get out on a couple of pulls there late into the third quarter and into the fourth, where early in the game, Nags, I mean, you look at that end zone cam. He was getting out and moving and shielding Devin White pretty much the entire first half. Yes, And Devin White played a lot better in the second half. He got a little bit of momentum. Levante David was fantastic the whole day. No doubt. Yeah. I would contribute a little bit of it and people aren't going to like this, to the conditioning <laughs> going on down there. At the end of the game, I think That's they were... a bad point, actually. That's I think they were point. gassed by the end of the game. Right. But that doesn't... That's the surprising part next because they were on the field for three times out of three plays out of pocket. I was just gonna. I was just going to say, I mean, when you're going three and out, it ain't like you're exerting a whole lot. And the defense, you know, it's funny because the defense did its part, but maybe time. the Bucks continuous three and outs and not staying on the field and giving the offense some time to rest because we always hear about you know the defense is gassed because they're out there all the time mm-hmm. and blah 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 yep. well it was kind of inverse this game where you know neither offense could stay on the field i, I didn't i haven't i hadn't thought of that but that's you know that makes more sense than most of the theories i've heard so far you know as it far was, as it, execution being lacking yeah. well why is execution lacking you know what what did lombardi say you know uh exhaustion or tiredness makes cowards of us all something mm-hmm. like that definitely I'm paraphrasing obviously but that do, did seem to play out because, as you point out, and it's not just Myers. There no. are guys all up and down the line where mm-hmm. things are working in the first half that simply are not. I mean, there were a number of attempts to try to run the football there in the second half where they can't get it blocked. They just no, can't get they it just blocked couldn't. up front. So, yeah, that's that to me, that's a better explanation than most. I well, and, and the other part of it, Nags, that I thought was was fun 
And I was kind of on your camp when I was reading on Twitter as we were getting ready for the postgame show mm-hmm. of, I mean, we could run the ball every once in a while and, and start a couple of these series. Right. But then, right. It, then it comes to the game. They were so dominant. Well, I shouldn't say dominant. Their plan was to run as many RPOs and hold Levante yeah, David and Devin li- linebackers. Yep, yep, as yep. long as possible. And they did it really, really well early. And then I think towards the end of the game, after you hit a couple of big ones, then it starts to, all right, now we'll just run power and, and it'll be all yeah. good. And when you do hold those guys, you allow Myers and Royce Newman and and Elton Jenkins at times, as well as Runyon, to kind of get on out there and set the edge with a quick pause, because those are two of the fastest dudes uh, yeah. at that spot in the NFL. So, so I, think, right. I think that was part of it. But man, the other part of it is, you just got to execute when the plays are there. I mean, the the miss to A.J. Dillon is tough. He's under pressure, kind of falling away. He yeah. hits that. I mean, that's 10 to 15 easy ones because he's going to the middle of the field. He's already beaten Devin White, and I don't know yep. how long that drive extends for. The, the Tunyon play, you're sitting there right. at midfield after one first down, another first down away from adding <laughs> on points. Yep. They left a lot of them out there because, Nags, it wasn't like they had to drive a ton. They won the no. They, they won, won the, the line field of scrimmage battle all day, and the yep. field position all day long. No doubt about it. So those hidden yards were finally in your favor. Yes, it's been a long time. Been a long time since the Packers rock and rolled in that regard. Um, I wanted to get your take on the Bakhtiari uh, situation sure. because, yep. I mean, as a guy who played and coaches uh, the line and you know knows some a little bit about the cohesion along the offensive line and. Different guy yeah, rotating at left tackle, definitely unusual. I know Matt said he had done it before when he was with the Texans, or they had done it uh, when he was there. You know, it was funny because I, I I understood not wanting in Matt's parlance the zero to sixty with Bakhtiari, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that he has not yep. played at all, other than those what eighteen snaps in Detroit last year, I get it. Like I understand it theoretically, intellectually, what have you. But it sure looked like you know they played Bakhtiari, right? And then they put Yash out there. For a long time. And then Bakhtiari yeah. comes back in. I It just felt like, well, okay, I understand wanting to be a little bit cautious, but these long stretches on the sideline for Bakhtiari, I don't think did anybody any favors. Well, I was kind of surprised about it too, Negs. And until I went back and watched it, I didn't think we saw him in the first half after the touchdown drive. Right. right? Like when Yash came back in, there was like, to your point, like three series in a row. Yeah. Exactly. where Yash was out there, and then he plays right. the last series of the first half. Mm-hmm. And to say that it's difficult, I think, is an understatement because there's <laughs> right. there's like four to five spots on the football field that you don't rotate. Quarterback, mm-hmm. offensive line, and generally your two safeties, right? You don't really want to yeah, take tip- those guys off the field, right? right? You right. don't typically take those guys off the field. Yep. And when you take your most potentially second most important offensive lineman off the field, every other series um, it's going to cause some frustration and miscommunication as to where everybody's going. Cause you just get into a flow of how somebody plays alongside of you when they're going to fall off the double team and the Packers do a lot of double team blocks when they yeah. go out on, on the wide zone, those are kind of all double teams, right? Yep. So you kind of have to know when that guy, and, and that's all feel right. You only know when somebody's going to fall off and get to the linebacker as much, when you're playing in live games, Aaron says it a lot with wide receivers. I think it's right. more more of with offensive linemen in, in that flow, that rhythm as to when somebody's going to fall off and get up. So really he plays point. it. He plays it a little bit different. 
but shit, man, was that guy good. I mean, like, yep. Yep. Damn, you just watch him every single Especially time. Especially in pass, bro. Are you kidding me? Good lord. Next, I mean, he was like a crossing guard in pass pro. Like, nope, <laughs> you stop. Done. You're not moving anymore. Yeah, this, and, this is not for you. <laughs> and he had a couple just on the outside where a lot of times you're supposed to reach the player and you know, certain people block it differently. And he just yeah. like takes three steps. He's in position. He's like, you stay. You don't go anywhere, <laughs> number eight. Okay. Right. You're right. done. Plays by you. Now we can go on and, and move forward. So when he played, he was phenomenal. Uh, Yash was the one that I wonder how much it affects. Nick, affects him. I just I, was, I totally agree as far as like a guy who still very young. Yes, has played a lot of ball for the Packers mm-hmm. at this point, but he's not a five time all pro. He's not, you know, no, a no. Wiley veteran at this point. He's still very young. And like, I think the cohesion and being out there all the time helps the young guy and yes totally kind of in and out throughout the game probably didn't do wonders for him either physically or mentally would be no and and runyon also uh didn't seem to be very adversely affected by it which is a credit to how good he is but no doubt yeah it's it's one thing that i would assume they grab the they got an idea drawer right at your desk you kind of pull it on out and you keep all your ideas in there they put right, that one right. into the back they don't set it on fire yet but oh. they put it into the back because they prefer to not have to do that this week uh, yeah i mean abs- the absolutely against the patriots no no question um how about uh the fact that you know all week long we're talking about the running game like got to get these backs involved they're back chicago they dice them up and then Man, it was tough sledding against the Buccaneers. Was, I mean, dude. yes, they were effective early. There's no doubt about it. But it just it's fascinating to me. And I got grief on Twitter because I was saying in the second half, God, can we run the ball? They had a three and out where through three times, what have you. And then they do run the ball and they get like a yard or two yards. And everyone instantly is like, You still want them to run? It's like, yes. Like, I don't That's think how it works. Are- I don't think people understand, like, I know Washington Post has had something out this morning where they're like, there's been a scoring dip, quote unquote, uh, across the league, right? The offenses aren't scoring as much, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And to me, a large part of that is what we saw transpire in the second half there where the Buccaneers, you remember, they were blitzing the out of Rodgers early in that game. Oh, yeah. And Aaron made them pay, converted a couple times. I mean, he was, what, five for five on third down there early in the game. And then, fi- you know, finally Bowles was like, all right, screw this. I'm going to play too high. I'm going to man up underneath. You know, some he did. He was yeah, done with sometimes, that. but for the most part, he played a too high shell, played coverage, and said, "Okay, beat us." And they couldn't. And mm-hmm. to me, that's why you need to run the football. And yes, sometimes it's going to be ugly. And yes, sometimes it's not going to be effective. But damn, if that isn't the one surefire way to get teams out of this too high shell, because it's everywhere. I watch every game now. I think. 80% of the defensive calls are some form of too high, maybe yep. quarters. There are teams like the Bills play a bunch of cover three, so that's not too high. But like for the most part, the Fangio system has taken over the league, and everyone is like, okay, we're going to play coverage. You got to go 10, 12 plays. We're going to rally when you throw it underneath inevitably because mm-hmm. you can't push it oh, down yeah. the field. We're going to tackle. And somewhere in those 10, 12 plays, you're going to screw up. And, and you next- saw exactly that play out in the second half. Oh, my God. Uh, right out of the mouth. I mean, and one of the only reasons the Bills can play it is because they have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer mm. back there. And without Hyde. Now, and now they don't have Micah Hyde. I don't know exactly. if they will. And, and I imagine a really they'll, good do, point. they'll yep. do a lot of the same stuff. And mm-hmm. it 
it, we've always heard the term it's a copycat league and it is for a oh, reason yeah. because when somebody yeah. wins you're going to try to do what they did and steal a little something from it when right. when the the bucks came on out and like you said essentially said all right beat us at your game see how that works out and <laughs> right. you kind of stalled that's where you know the sideline adjustments would be mm-hmm. nice to see of okay hey yes we know how to beat our own kind of defense Right, we 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 right. ran this for four. We go five against weeks. it all the time, right? Go right. against it all the time. Let's figure it on out. Um, I do think there's something to the effect, though, that man, I still think these two teams kind of know they're going to play each other again. Like yeah. as much as yeah, you're you're throwing yeah. the kitchen sink out to win this game, right? Next, I think both. Yeah, it's week yeah. three, and I think both of these teams know if they want to go to where they want to go, and that's Phoenix, Arizona they're going to have to go through each other to try to get there. That's a good point. That is a good point. Because it is funny because Matt, I think it was with Larry after the game, he said, you know, oh, I didn't, we didn't get to the man beating stuff soon enough. Like I should have done a better job. Mm-hmm. There should have been prepared, yep. etc. You know, and I asked him about that on Monday and he really hedged and he was like, well, you know, you're emotional after the game, etc." But I think it's true. I think that's the honest answer, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, once you saw that man, I was like, okay, well, here we go. Let's bunch set. Let's do crossers. Let's do mesh. And you really didn't see a lot of that at all. And I, to your point, I think maybe part of it is because it wasn't in the plan and they don't want to throw the kitchen sink at them and put all that on tape, uh, possibly for a potential meeting down the road. That's a fair point. A couple of their man beaters, though. God, I don't know, you know? how the, I don't know how, how the, do you not get to mis- it? How the miscommunication with Dobbs and Winfrey goes down, oh right? Like, gosh. I don't know where the landmark is, but he was going right. to be wide-ass open. Wide. I mean, what, where Rodgers throws it. <laughs> wide open. Where Rodgers throws it. All he's – if once he cuts over, it's a – he probably oh, walks yeah. into the end zone. Although, I will say, I was not – I hated that call. I hated taking a shot there. Like, I get it. If it works, mm-hmm. it's, it's hero ball, and we're all excited. But you've got total control of the game. It's second down. Just keep running the ball, man. Keep just, moving just, it. Or or run a slant. Just something. You don't need that. You just don't, especially given the fact that you have just not done anything on offense all half. Just possess the ball, man. I wonder I'm, if they I'm old I'm an old curmudgeon that way. No, I like it though, because listen, that, that shortens the game. And at one point, I think Tampa was kind of shortening the game. They're like, yes. all right, we just right. gotta get one possession to we score. We need to score. Right. <laughs> That's it. We gotta score yep. one time, we'll get to overtime, and then we can we can win. Um, yep. The other part of it with with what you just brought up there uh, of the hero ball. How interesting is it, Nags, of how different the uh, this guy changing all these plays at the line of script. He's <laughs> never going to run the football. But right, when it right. works. Right. Wow. Is he amazing with these window throws to Randall Cobb? Because <laughs> A.J. Dillon should walk on in there with all these still shots oh. and say, hey, bud, look at this 40. Oh, that the, went for 40 yeah, the other the, way, the, but hey, the come dart, on. the dart to Cobb. I highlighted it on Twitter because it is an amazing throw. It's it's a lot of fun. But oh, to your stupid. point, the way it's blocked up on the right side, where like, yeah, Dylan's still running if he hands him the ball. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's you know, he gives and he gives and he gives, and you just got to take it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Aaron Rodgers. I mean. The thing like holding the football or whatever, it's frustrating sometimes. But man, you do get plays like that Cobb play. You do mm-hmm. get plays that are explosive. You know, it's so it's I can't. You know, it's frustrating in the moment. Oh yeah. Sitting back and looking at it afterwards, it's like he's Aaron Rodgers, man. He's won four MVPs for a reason. He gets the, he knows what he's doing. The next wrinkle that I'm excited for in that hero ball phase, Nags, <laughs> right, is when 
when Romeo Dobbs kind of gets oh, at boy. and understands the broken down play and the scramble right. drill and starts yes, making sir. himself available during that. Yes, sir. I mean, you thought My eight goodness. targets was a bunch. He's going to get a bunch. Like 12, when he figures 15, that out. like whatever. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Big it is, time. It depends on who's on the field. Because if Randall Cobb's on the field, forget it. Not going to happen. Oh, yeah, because like, he's always open at that point. It's going to Cobb. It's going mm-hmm. to Cobb. Going to yep. Cobb. Let's let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I I, I talked about this with Andy on Let's Talk Football. I'm going to talk about it here because he's a man among boys. Kenny Clark is just a godsend for this defense. I mean, the fact that – I mean, not only for the plays he makes, but even, like, when he is getting kind of doubled or, you know, run away from or whatever, he's still a problem. And oh, it's yeah. crazy. On the Bucks touchdown, he absolutely gets manhandled and brought to the ground via his jersey. No call, of course. But that's another play where it's like, if the center doesn't do that, he's going to destroy Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Clark is just, I, I hope Packers fans understand how special he is. I Like, everyone looks at Aaron Donald, and who is a total unicorn, right? I mean, Kenny Clark is an amazing football player, and we are so, so lucky that he is a Green Bay Packer copycat league right right Kenny Clark was the Packers copycat to what you could find in Aaron Donald a little smaller a little thicker but just like crazy fast crazy athletic and and you don't say poor man's because Aaron Donald might be like one of the two three best defensive players to ever play football Kenny Clark is is in that mold of what he tries to do and dude leverage wise he's always beating you like he's always he's always lower than you He's going to have at least a step on you when you get into your stance as the center of the guard. Right. Um, the Shaq Mason toss. Oh, my gosh. First, oh, my gosh. Drive where he throws Shaq Come Mason on. across the field. Dude, he's got a family. Like, you cannot do that to somebody <laughs> on national television, Kenny. I mean, and, they're going to indict you. <laughs> and then he pulls and then he takes letter for that and goes, mm, sit mm-hmm. down short of the I line love, to gain. Love I mean, that's love just so much the little stuff that you get to see. And I think you're going to see it longer into the year, Nags, because if we're going to be honest with Kenny's, you know, traditionally, traditionally, he, he comes to play November, December. Oh, like he usually time. takes the first half of the year to kind of round it's into it down. Yep. I'm telling you, man, that, that he has arrived ready to rumble. And to your like what you're saying there, like, yeah, if this is the starting point and you get to November, December, mm. get the fuck out of here. It's going to be beautiful. I love and, that, man. The best part of it is, Nags, you've been on this for a while, and, and I've you know championed it from afar for, for quite some time. The Get Kenny Some Help uh, oh my Brigade has oh – I mean, it's here, dude. Like, Finally. Dean Lowry Finally. played – Dean Lowry played much better than people realized last year. Yes. Better than I realized yes. last year. Yeah, um, And then they went and signed Jaron Reed, who's been a problem and who's always mm. been healthy, which is one of the biggest parts of that spot. TJ yep. Slayton has taken a big step as Slayton has taken a step. And it's funny because, you know, I do give Kenny so much love, et cetera. But, man, Slayton's kind of development, right? That jump. They didn't miss a beat when he was in Year one to year two. He he is legit, man. Mm -hmm. Slayton, uh, like, every time I go back and watch, like, any of the D-line stuff, every time he's in there, he's causing problems. He's wreaking havoc. He is, like, holding his own. Absolutely, the double team's that would have driven him back like three yards last year. They're they're, they're not going anywhere. Like they, no. he's standing up to stuff now. And I'm telling you, man, that development is exciting. That to he's, me, like Reed, Reed, you're gonna get what you get. Lowry, you know who he is. But man, 
TJ Slayton's still getting better. Yep. That's and scary that's, for opposing offenses. And and I'm going to start because of what you just said there. Start pointing the finger towards Jerry Montgomery when every game. Right. This happened three times already. <laughs> you know, they take this guy in the first round, this Wyatt guy, and I don't even see him. Like, he's not seven, even on the field. Part of it's because snaps. TJ. Just because, seven part snaps of it's, this past week. Because yeah. of what TJ Slayton's doing in front of him. He's yeah. holding him off the field. But development-wise, Jerry Montgomery with him for almost a full year. Those guys in front of him not having him learn with L's at the NFL level. Yep. That's good for the development of him. Hell and when yeah. he was out there, I mean, he he was getting there. I was going to say, Wyatt, was Wyatt there. played well. Wyatt played yep. well. I think he, he's earning himself more playing time. And that is fascinating to watch what that rotation might oh. be, become especially you go into November and December, man, you get fresh legs across the board up front Uh, to that point. It was interesting to watch how much Jonathan Garvin got play early in this game for both. They what a lot of run early for opposite either. It wasn't for just one guy, but it was either he was in there with Preston Smith or in there with Rashawn Gary last year. They rotated those two. They had Tipa Mm -hmm. and and, uh, Jonathan come in like together. And I loved this idea because you, I think you really saw through the fourth quarter how Preston and Rashawn still had some giddy up. They were you know, still even fresh. In that yeah. heat, even in that heat because Jonathan Garvin got so many quality snaps early in the game. I really liked that approach. I thought you saw it play out. And, man, you talk about Preston and Rashawn. Rashawn, oh, my God. I love All the, over sack, the, place. the sack he had where they kept the tight end in to try and take care of him. He had to take on two dudes. And then Tom Brady steps <laughs> up in the pocket and he says, thank you very much. Uh, just uh, the kid never stops. You talk about constant motor. I love this guy. That poor kid that was playing tackle. Did you yeah. see how scared he was while he was backpedaling? Mm-hmm. He's backpedaling. Oh he's like, okay, all right, I'm deep enough. I think I'm deep enough. I'm I don't deep think enough. Get around me. I don't think you can right. get around me. Oh, and man. then he undercuts it. <laughs> well, what's he funny did, he is didn't that... touch him because he was so scared. No. What's funny though is that's the kind of move that gets Rashawn in trouble against mobile quarterbacks. But you get a yeah, sitting is. duck yep. like you get a sitting duck like Tom Brady. Game on, baby. I love it. I absolutely love it. It was oh, it was wh- so fun to be able to see him set that up. And he set a couple of – they were without without uh, Donovan Smith on the left side, but when he was lined up against Werps, who's one of the best players in the game. very good player, no doubt. He was lining him up on, on runs on the outside. So that's yep. – that, again, just shows that this defense is going to be able to collapse things inside to Campbell and to Quay Walker. They're going to force right. a lot more turnovers in the run game than than I think I gave them credit for in previous that's a really good, previous that's a really thoughts good here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was interesting to watch play out when that initial drive happens, right? And Jair goes down. How clear is it that Rasul Douglas is so much more comfortable outside than he is in the slot? And look, I, I think he does everything he can inside, and I think he plays well inside. But, man, he is a creature of the perimeter. I, I think the Packers got to rethink this once Jair is back. I mean, who who knows how long Jair will be out. We have no information yet. Recording this on Wednesday. But, man, Rasul balled out the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Holy Big cow. It, it, it was like a light went on. I don't know what it was. But, again, he seems to really come alive on the perimeter, like locking guys down, being able to use the sideline with his help, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I do think, and I know people are going to say, oh, Jair's injury prone, which I think is ridiculous. The NFL injury rate is 100%. Everybody's mm-hmm. hurt. It's yep. just about severity and the, 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 you know, the grade of it. 
Good point. But man, I, I think I think they really got to rethink putting Rasul inside because he just he's a baller on the outside for me. Well, and will it also then nags help you when you have a situation like you will when you go to another's way down the line, right? But when you take it on Cooper Cup, when oh, you yeah. take on JJ again, um, mm-hmm. Tyreek or Jalen Waddle, one of those guys on the inside. I mean, you name right. it. They're going to go up against top level wide receivers who want to play in the slot. And if Jair is used to comfortable with going and kind of traveling with some of those guys, you can do that in the slot and be happy. You can do that in the slot and be good because your best corner is still matching up against their number one wide receiver. And I know we're not going to go a ton of man, but at least you can set it up that way and stack the coverage uh, with that thought in mind. And it might also elevate Jair's career just a tick to more of a playmaker than just a cover corner. Because I think he's a well, better playmaker than, than I he is totally agree. Guy. All you got to do is look at Woodson in 2009 when mm-hmm. he was playing with yeah. that, that star role with Dom. Um, the, the ability to affect the game there is so much greater. Like as far as not just yeah. taking on guys in the slot, but uh, making tackles in the run game, blitzing the quarterback. I mean, how many times have we seen you know Woodson make big plays from the slot? I, you know, getting after the quarterback. I think you could use Jair a lot like that. Now, I know that's not not specifically this, you know, what this defense is designed to do, but I think you've got a real special player there. You should be highlighting him. But it was, I, we'd be remiss if also if we didn't mention Keyshawn Nixon. You got to think this cat probably had limited, if, if any, snaps in this kind of configuration. Oh, yeah. And then coming in off the bench cold and playing as well as he did from scrimmage. I mean, shout out, man. That was a really solid. I mean, we all saw the the great play on special teams, but from scrimmage, I thought he played remarkably well. He really did, and he makes, again, another thought for Brian Gutekunst, like, huh, maybe Rich Bisaccia does know good players. Like, you know what? Maybe he does kind of understand <laughs> I mean, this personnel thing. I mean, minimum contract, too. I mean, this guy's yeah. paying – I mean, playing for peanuts. I mean, almost yep. literally. I mean, he is playing for nothing man. in the parlance of the NFL. It's crazy, and they're getting that kind of performance. And that's I mean, with the fact that you have your top guy go down and you barely miss a beat. Oh, totally, that's damn impressive. Well, and Nags, you you've known for for how long? That was never the recipe of go find street free agents at that right. cost minimum, and instead yep. we'll go rookie minimum, save a couple extra bucks for our big time guys. Yeah. And when you have dudes that have played in the NFL and made plays in the NFL, it's just a different beast. They just they have a different attack mode to them. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting to watch the core of the guys they have signed throughout the offseason become like the core main special teams players, whether it's Levitt, yeah, no doubt. It's Nixon, whether Rudy Ford, the late addition, has Big made time. such a difference. But you've got a group now that is your core special teams group. And I think coupled with Basaccia and how good he is as a coach and Pat O'Donnell, what a signing that is turning out right? to be early yes. on this season. Um, you just add that all up and God damn, you're cooking with gas on special teams for the first time in a long time in green Bay, Wisconsin. And my favorite part is, uh, well, I don't like to, you know, root in anybody's failures, but Oh no, no, never. you mentioned with Pat O'Donnell. Um, just look at what the holding situation is going on in Cleveland. I mean, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. The Packers <laughs> haven't had to kick a whole lot of field goals so far nope, or extra points, nope, but nope. that operation has been much different on point. On point, no question about it. And it's mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. And it's 
here's my one caveat, right? My one, I'm, I'm all excited. I'm all in on special teams. I'm so excited, but it is still September. Oh yeah. And how, how many times, I mean, I remember Ryan Wood writing a piece about Bohorquez last year, about how he was setting Packers records and he'd done all this stuff and oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then, you know, the second half of the season happens and December comes and it all falls apart. And I know O'Donnell has, you know, plenty of experience kicking in the cold. I get it. But man, it's, I'm just saying we've been here before and gotten burned. Dude, Bill Huber was on uh, on with Mike Heller and I yesterday. And I love Bill. With I love one, Bill. Dude, and he just tells it like it is, doesn't he? Uh-huh. I mean, he's pulling oh, there's zero no, punch. There's no veneer with Bill. Nope. Bill is just going to say it. <laughs> he goes... You know, I really don't understand why everyone's so surprised that their special teams is doing well. They paid for it. I mean, they paid a punter. They paid right. the most to a special teams guy ever. They've put yep. like five guys here uh, on the team because they're special teams guys. They've never done that before. So they're playing yep. well. They, they're doing Brian what they probably should. Yeah, they're doing mm-hmm. what they should be doing. Well, you know why? Because we haven't seen it in decades. Well, we right. haven't seen it. We haven't seen competent, let alone special. We haven't seen competent special teams. Since Micah Hyde was in town. Right. Yep. Like, that's legit it. Like, mm-hmm. when Micah left, special teams went to hell. Man. And it hasn't been good since. Would you and imagine? so, we, you get three weeks in, you get a little excited. Oh, you're juiced. You're juiced. Would you have imagined that Micah Hyde would go on to be a pro bowler multiple times like he has since he yes! left that way? Golly. Yes. So, see, now we're going to go on a tangent. Because, like, look. Micah High was the ultimate. I, everyone talks about Casey Hayward. I understood what, letting Casey Hayward walk. Mm-hmm. I was I always hurt. N- never understand, ever understand letting Micah Hyde go. I mean, you talk about draft and develop. A guy who was playing his best ball in his fourth year. A guy who tied for the franchise lead in punt returns for touchdowns. And you talk about how, oh, we, it's just, you know, we're not even going to call and make an offer or talk contract at all because we have ha ha clinton dicks oh yeah never never ever 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 gonna make five years 20 million like never ever gonna make sense to me when when that number came across i'm like well wait (laughs) i mean i just we have that we have he's a really good football player who's getting better those are the guys you want to keep yeah you find some cash for that i mean hold off on the next south end zone expansion i mean let's find let's find some (laughs) cash over here Cash over cap. Come on, Ted. We need to keep this one. So uh, are you ready for the Brian Hoyer experience with uh, Jones most likely being out for this game? Yes. I mean, I'm kind of, I got to say, I am a little let down. I am. It's a little deflating because I really love I love that kid. I think he's a lot of fun. Like (laughs) he, he has a real, I don't give a shit attitude that I appreciate. And now it's like, Brian. You see him dancing this weekend? Yes. Doing the gritty and like, he was like doing a. I'm making fun of the gritty. And then he yes. tosses the football. Like he I like throws the football I, away. I like it. Like, that's what I mean. The kid's got a little moxie, a little juice, a little something, something. And now we get Brian Hoyer. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I know, but Hey, it's a bill Belichick coach. Screams team. let down though. Doesn't it? I mean, it, it really just, like, does. If you're, it really oh, if you're going does. into it. Screams oh, possibility. Wait, for the letdown. wait, there's some, I have to find here live while I'm talking to you. I have to find a very, very important. Maybe you know this as a uh, uh, an employee of the uh, Packers Radio Network affiliate. Yes. Um, is this a gold package game? It is. Yes. Uh, games two no. and five. It will oh, be a gold no. package game. Oh, so there no. will be a lot of sitting. Oh no! As a former gold package, 
You talk about a letdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the other reasons why. Listen, Nags, I made the gold package drive since I was six. Since you were a young tyke. And it is it is a different crowd. It is a different volume crowd. What's crazy is that back in the day, like like early 2000s, it was nuts. Crazier, louder. And then it got like, I don't know, just completely fell apart. I remember I had Corey Lindsley on my podcast and he mentioned it like I didn't prompt it. He just brought it up as far as like, oh, yeah, the Milwaukee crowd is really like subdued. And I was like, wait, what? Like the players can feel that. But I will say, to their credit, before I get angry tweets, um, since Matt has been in town, the gold package has come alive. The gold package has been the gold package crowd yes. has been better. Come on, you come know? on, <laughs> yeah, get the floor. Come on, I love it. Come on, let's go. It. Come on, I love he's, it. He's he's getting the boys fired up. He's getting the kids from Milwaukee fired up. And now the other part of this is going to lead in here next. And I think this could also be a part of why the Milwaukee crowds have been a little bit louder, maybe a little bit crazier. And yes, maybe a little bit drunker. Um, the advent of the, the come along bus has been there for a while, right? Like right. bars have been right. doing the, let's get a bus and drive on up here and go. Yep. But now man around here, every bar has a bus that goes up to the, to the Packer games on the and God bless them. And fifth home game. And when you can start and you can grab that 12 and put it right in between your seat and you just drink whatever you want on the ride on up. And we know that you're going to pass out on the way home. It's made that <laughs> crew in that ride yep. a lot yep. better with uh, hey, Sal, a lot more you tenable. Still, yeah. Hey, Jim, you still driving? <laughs> still driving? All right. Good. Crack that thing. Oh, crack it open, baby. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, hey, I will say this is a recipe. You talk about letdown. Goal package. Four o'clock, AFC opponent. Their their starting quarterback is out. Mm-hmm. Never in the history of Lambeau Field has there been more of a recipe for a letdown game. Right Ten here. point favorites against the greatest coach of all time. I mean, think about I'm it. I'm just way. saying you Yikes. gotta bring your A game, people. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see what the Packers do. And Get a after, lot of this. no matter no matter a lot of this, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you got to make sure you check out Packers OT. 97.3 the game with my boys Drew and Bill. How's that going? How's it three weeks in? How uh, How is Packers OT hanging on you? It's been really, really good. It's going to be even more fun this week because you mentioned we're going to have a lot of people driving back, long drive back. So we'll accompany yes, you the entire ride home. Um, there you go. Dude, it's it's amazing. It, it's a dream come true. Uh, I get to sit at Lambeau Field this week in the stadium and talk about the game that we just watched in the stadium. I mean... It, it doesn't, it doesn't get doesn't any suck. better than that. We talked to Jaron Reed after the Bears game. Wayne Larrabee oh, nice. stopped on by after the Bears game. If we get a win, hopefully we get to hear from somebody in the Packers locker room right away when we jump on. So it's uh, yeah. it's been killer, man. It's been a bunch of fun. Dude, I love it. I love it so much. That's Bill Schmidt. I'm Aaron Nagler, 97.3 The Game and Cheesehead TV coming at you each and every week with beer and ball. Bill, thanks so much, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Later, man. I'll have a carry of the G for me next week too there you go carry the g